This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. remember the big moments in the movies we see, the big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Today's episode is Star Wars Episode 4, A New Hope. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest movie, Microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata, and I am your gracious host. Alongside me, the estimable, erstwhile, and energetic Justin Waddell. Justin, how you doing? Feeling, feeling energetic today, Nick. That's the, the vibe sun- I'm getting. Yeah, the Sunday. Sunday uh, afternoon, I'm, I'm feeling... Yeah. How was your weekend? That's uh, fast. I know. You're in between... Uh, in between travels, long travels, yeah. Mm-hmm. Getting into a, I'm getting into an X-wing on Monday. See how that goes. What? Flying up to, up to sky. So hopefully I make it. Mm-hmm. You know? Desti- destination sky. Yeah, flying around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tell you what, I see some bitch in a box cutter. I'm gonna take him out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they. I don't think they allow those. Uh, okay. Cool. That stuff on there anymore, Nick. Okay. Well, I watched that episode of Breaking Bad on a plane. Nobody stopped me. <laughs> Zoom in. The one that the 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 plane crash one. No box cutter. The episode called Box uh, Cutter, where, where Victor I think enjoys himself. Yeah, he does not survive um, that. Zoom in. So hey, we're in season three. We've made it. Can't believe we got we put, renewed. We put that epic episode up. More people listen to it than they did The Prince, which blows my mind. Yet here we are, talking Star Wars. Yeah, we're talking Star Wars. We've done this before, but this is the first time we've went way back to the first one. Yeah. Right? Yes. When's the last time you watched this movie? Uh, Sort of recently. Sort of recently. In the past probably year. Me too. And it was funny, when it hit Disney+, Plus, I went and watched the special features instantly. Watched the deleted scenes and all that nonsense. With Biggs? With Biggs. With, uh, there's a, a ridiculous scene of Aunt, uh, Aunt Beru dispensing blue milk. It's like 13 seconds long. <laughs> there's a weird cut of the cantina scene in black and white with natural audio, uh, including Han Solo with some dame. And then there's uh, audio of David Prowse as Darth Vader walking around with a dude. Is he uh, t- is he using David Prowse voice? Is that or is he in, in costume with a different Darth Vader voice? Or do you see him oh, in a helmet? It's David Prowse voice inside the helmet. <laughs> How's it sound? Well, we'll get to that. Let's. let's <laughs> um, still, he's still he's still mad about that. I think. I don't think he still is. Well, in, in the afterlife. <laughs> 
So, guys, it's a movie microscope. It's a show where we zoom in, uh, if you're not familiar. We watch a film with a set of mistaken eyes. We chitter. We shitter. We move around the room. We grasp at ceiling tiles. And then eventually, a film falls out, and we watch it. And then we discuss it after we've determined which moments make or break. So, if we were talking about the quest... We wouldn't be talking about the scene where Henry Thomas finds himself submerged uh, underneath a gigantic metal Jean-Claude Van Damme. We talk about the little moments. Wait a minute here. They were in a movie together? No. I, I crossed the streams. That's right. There's two movies with Quest in the title. and Okay. Yeah. You did cross the streams. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the better one? The Henry... Thomas Reservoir movie. I know that's a lie. No, it isn't. Because Jean-Claude Van Damme didn't direct that one. <laughs> Did he direct the quest? He directed the living shit out of it. Is, is, the, is the quest set in a jungle? Amongst other places, I'm sure. Have you seen it? I remember uh, running away from it at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a movie that might. Well, it's going to be on the microscope before boondock saints that's true yeah yeah so before we get into this massive gigantic heavily anticipated film uh real quick talk about your first introduction to this movie i mean i don't i was a young man i was only five when it came out i think and how old were you i mean we're the same age so i was five yeah we we were four or five i don't know and um I remembered it. I, I loved it so much. And then what was the most thing that the, the big thing for me was the action figures, like anybody else. Like that was the huge, I don't even remember going to, I don't really remember seeing this in the theater. I just remember being obsessed with, with it and the action figures. And then of course, as I've said before in the show, one of my most satisfying experiences in my entire life was biting those action figures. Yes. Which blows mm-hmm. me away. Blows me away. Mm-hmm. I saw this in the theater twice that I know of. I remember once my parents took me when it came out, and then I forced them to take me to the drive-in to see it. Really? Yeah. And it was obviously the biggest thing ever. And I remember yeah. also the uh, when the Marvel Star Wars comic books came out, it was the biggest thing. It was. I remember uh, we used to take my dad to the train station every morning. It's like an hour drive each way. And I remember they had a one of those metal... Mm-hmm. Uh, rotating racks, and I saw that spider, that Star Wars uh, comic, and I may have burned burned a uh, semen. You hit puberty. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, I remember just, those. I remember those rotating racks, Nick. Yeah, I used to have one in my in my bedroom as a as a young man. Did you really? Yeah, a shop was going out of business, and they let me have it. So I used to have it my own comic rack. Oh wow, that is a level of nerdiness. Yeah, that not a lot of people uh, have experienced. Well, the problem was though, if you don't put them in bags and boards, they droop over and <laughs> get instantly fucked. So I had all these droopy ass comics hanging dick over the side of the rail. <laughs> what what other comics were you throwing in there besides oh, the Star well, Wars? Back then, I was a grown. I was you know I was a, I was in high school. Oh, you got this later. I was yeah. thinking as a young man. So no, you, what I say is, yeah, in high school. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know. All sorts of shit. And so, so what was it? Walk me through the day. You, the alarm would go off. You'd hop out of bed, spin that rack. Yeah. Go brush your teeth, come back. 
maybe Ever. rotate it again. Throw, get, would you hang your shirts on it? Yeah, like, and what? then I cycle through that comic book thing I had. Yeah, after I rotated the rack. <laughs> what, did, <laughs> what did you? What did you use it for besides comic books? You know, you were throwing shirts on it and stuff, right? Never. Are you kidding? It was a sacred. It was a sacred yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, people don't put fucking uh, you know buy Subway sandwich banners on the Sphinx. Not yet. Yeah. yeah. Do you, um, did you, what was it like? So did it squeak? Did you ever have to oil it? Yeah, I, it did squeak. I did not oil it. And uh, eventually the fascination ended and I could not kick that thing out of the house quick enough. I hated it. I what? Hated it. I hated Why? it because first of all, those things suck on a thick carpet. There are two. Well, I, I, let me just pause for the hugest zoom this show has ever <laughs> has ever produced. Let's take a moment. <laughs> You're right. I've never seen one on a carpet before. It's always been tile. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I've had. I had at least two big tip over incidents. Of course, you did. including one, one onto myself. Well, I was sitting there playing my Sega Master System. It tipped over onto my body. Now, why? In the middle you, of an Alex Kidd session. Did you? Did you? Um, did you get hurt by it? I, my feelings and my comics. Mm-hmm. And I remember I can tell you which comic got damaged. There was the um, there's an uh, there was a big deal when um, Spider Man joined the Fantastic Four for a short stretch. I remember this. And uh, the first ep- issue of that particular comic got shredded cover to cover, like completely shredded upon the, the, tr- the transgression. So sorry. Yeah. So sorry to hear it. I didn't know, Nick. Yeah, I know. I didn't know. Everybody knows where they were when the first tower fell. Mm-hmm. I remember where I was when the tower 1.0 fell. Your, your rack. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever, now this is maybe impolite, did you ever rack yourself on the rack? No, no. I could have, because there was heavy grinding from time to time. Because <laughs> uh, This is fascinating to me, but you know, we can move on. I just, it's nice to know, as I, I've known you for a long time, it's nice to think back to when you were a kid and picture it accurately, you know? Yeah, it was fucked. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Star Wars, A New Hope. We've done the three uh, sequels. Cannot wait to do them prequels, but uh, we are now in a three-episode arc of huge ones. Yes. Number four, if you count almost an angel. <laughs> I think we could maybe find a way to tie it into the series. Yeah, unofficial. Was Paul, unofficial. Was Paul Hogan, you wouldn't think he ever flirted with, was he an actor? Did he ever have a Star Wars edition, you know, or audition? I don't think so. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe he at one point was poised to play Anakin. Well, I mean, if you really want to kind of push it, push it a little bit. Mm-hmm. A lot of the guys who did the effects for Star Wars eventually were part of the core team that built Apple over there in the Silicon Valley. Oh, okay. And one of those guys presumably was responsible for inventing the lightning jack that you plug your phone into. I'm with you. Yeah. So there is sort of a connection to Paul Hogan. <laughs> It sounds like you're enjoying a, a hookah, which actually features prominently in this film. It does. There's a hookah. Were you happy to see it? There's more than one. Of course I was. Oh, yeah. You, you consider R2 a hookah. 
Did you, did you ever think they made like a, a Star Wars hookah? They make Star Wars everything. Well, they did. They made a thing with the Jabba figure that he had his little his little smoke smoke thing. Yeah, he was a smoker, wasn't he? It hurt him bad because he remember like he was once a bi- a biped, mm-hmm. and then he went to hell. But we we'll get we'll t- we'll get to it. But we watched the special edition. Yeah. You can't you can't really watch the originals, right? You can't. And uh-huh. uh, and even the special editions, there's versions of those. You know, different. I know. Yeah, yeah. I know. I read a little bit about now. That. Obviously, it's a movie microscope. Nobody goes deeper and harder than we do. But we're not going to focus on the minutia of what scenes were included, what scenes weren't, all that nonsense. You can get that everywhere. Uh, we're going to give you something you've never had before. We're going to talk about like when uh, Ben Kenobi, his robes get killed. We're going to talk about the big shit. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's I, wa- I did watch this movie with my kids last night. They had never seen it. And it's the first time. And I was trying hard not to be the dad that was like trying to force my love of that onto them, you know, and go, don't you love it the correct way or something like that. But they, they enjoy it. They did enjoy it. What um, kind of questions did they ask when they were watching it? Well, my son was very concerned that, uh, like, so for example, Darth Vader, at the beginning of the movie, Darth Vader picks up, uh, you know, that guy on the rebel ship by his neck. And then eventually he breaks his neck and throws him against the wall. And my son, Asked me if they was that a sound effect or did they actually? <laughs> that was that sound produced that day in that scene. Yeah. So basically, asking me if that guy really died. So I took him aside and said, "Yes, that man died that day." And then he said, "Dad, I got a question." Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that whole "with great power comes great responsibility" thing that is so overarching in so many stories. How the hell did somebody convince George Lucas to tape down Carrie Fisher's fabulous rockets? <laughs> Um, another thing my, my daughter was worried about the whole way through and, you know, they know Star Wars from their friends and from, they watched a little bit of like the cartoons. So they know, and you know, you just, you can't get away from the plot points, right? As a kid, even if you haven't seen the movie. So she was worried about Obi-Wan as soon as he, first of all, she was, uh, she couldn't believe, they both couldn't believe how old he was. They were shocked. And then they were worried about him the entire movie. Well, not the entire movie. Yeah. And then after he died, they were confused. They or after he quote unquote died, they didn't understand what happened to him. And I said, I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> I no and then idea. what you should have done was they, they look at the screen and you remove your clothes, throw them on the floor, and sneak out the room. And they look over to ask another question. <laughs> your clothes are in a pile. Fuck, <laughs> Dad. Um, wouldn't wouldn't cause any scars at all. No. So, so yeah. What what about you? Did you said you watched it with your son? He and he's seen it before. Did he have any questions for you? Well, the thing is, I've shown like I've intentionally had it on and, and told them it was on, and they were they were caught up in the sequel series a little bit, but not passionately. And then Rocco is very uh, independent; he'll go out and search shit out all 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 the time. So he has more information than I ever expect. And he came in and sat down and was asking questions about the set design and <laughs> just crazy weird stuff. We should have had him as the as a get featured guest on the show. That would be the worst thing that's ever happened. Did you, did, did you, um, what was I going to ask you? Who was your, who was your son's favorite character? This time? Did he ask, did he have one? I think he likes, um, let's see, he responded, he responded to Darth Vader, Chewbacca. Yeah. And I think the Jawas really tickled him. Cause I think my daughter liked Chewie too. And my son loved in, R2. In which film? <laughs> what do you mean? Chewie 2 edge of four. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Yeah, they have seen all his films. They just haven't seen yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. 
they're they're canon so it's fine mm-hmm. anyway yeah i saw this like i we talked about recently i had seen it recently over christmas it was on like tbs and i just happened upon it and i just ended up watching like the entire thing one night and didn't mean to i just did yeah and um it's just i just love it but you know that's no that's i love no, it too uh, i love it too and actually of the deleted scenes that i watched there's mm-hmm. the scene where luke's at tashi station and it is the probably the some of the best mark hamill acting in that movie and mm-hmm. they cut it out and some of the you worst know, too, but there are some moments where he and he actually is delivering some energy and some fun and it doesn't, he doesn't feel like a snotty kid. No. And I, I think that Hamill, I know he was always cast as maybe like the weakest actor of the bunch. And he's not, I don't think he is. I think he's actually really good as Luke. And even in this movie, and he always, he does always get cast as the complainer. I think he gets out complained in this movie by three PO though. Well, big time. Yeah. Big time. Yeah, this um, this watching actually changed uh, changed some of my opinions on some characters, but we'll get into that. Okay. So, what's your I, first note? Do you have a, you have what's, I, well, what's your first note? Well, I had a, my first note that I put on Instagram was set in space, but mm-hmm. my first real note is uh, Kenny Baker has never looked better. <laughs> I found out uh, reading the IMDb trivia, which is a huge deep thing that no one no one knows. They, they sometimes they forgot about him in the yeah. suits. Yeah. They left him there at lunch, which is more. That's more of a, a fuck you on him because how do you, you just scream? You you have a little amplifier. You just scream. It's not a fuck you, you. It's a. It's a, he was so in character. He's so good. At, and they just this. They 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 started regarding him as an actual robot. Yeah, they yeah, like craft service would bring oil mm-hmm. over to him, and of course the super zoom that I've said on this podcast before, Mike Kenny uh, Baker. Yeah. You met him. You didn't meet him, but you were next to him, right? I, I, I was in the handicap stall when he needed to be in there at Comic-Con. Yeah. And you were doing... I wasn't uh, making action. Were you going number one or number R2? I was taking a number one, but I was uh, adjusting my clothing. I was like tucking my shirt back in, getting all... Oh, you're done. It's a sweaty, it's a sweaty endeavor. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Comic-Con. Yeah, yeah. So I was just freshening up, making sure I, I looked presentable. Mm-hmm. And then I opened the door and that little fuck... Is standing there looking up at me all all sad, you know. And then hey, I did and you then say I, hi? I, I said I I did I said hi in my own special way. I said I loved you in Austin Powers and fucking strutted out of there. <laughs> that is that is not cool. And, and you know another trivia thing that you don't want to talk about the trivia, but I had found out I didn't never knew this that R two D two had a voice. They yeah. were, he, he had he had lines and a voice before they replaced it with clicks and clacks and beeps and blops. And he was vulgar, apparently. Yeah. And they made it vulgar, right? Because they didn't want a G rating, so they threw in dams and hells every once in a while. Yeah. Which is weird because it's a galaxy far, far away, and there's some pretty American things going on. But it, let's not worry about that. So it starts with that opening crawl, obviously. Very famous. Starts the precedent that we've all grown to love with the way that they use the fanfare and a long time ago, and all that stuff, and then we get right into it. It's funny that those moments, like especially the opening scene of this film, is so part of our lives. It's you know, it's so familiar at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have no zooms from that moment, other than the fact that it was very weird watching this Darth Vader uh, in his dumb helmet, which was all scratchy and shitty. Watching people take orders from it, because I can imagine as a moviegoer, the first time you're in the theater, you've not seen any science fiction. This ridiculous guy in this ridiculous costume all big and weird. And then he's giving orders to these British men and they're listening. I don't know. Like he it's something to do with the voice, obviously. And the, obviously in the costume put together, the, this, the, the whole thing about this movie is that 
every, like everything works. I don't know what it is, but like every single decision works. <laughs> and it's just like they hit, and maybe it's just because there's, it was so much fun that they could just throw anything in and it would work. I don't know. It didn't seem to work later, but uh, every insane decision they seem to make. Well, and then you works. hear of what the, what they were going to be and everything right. is outlandishly bad. And, and it's almost like he, he tight roped his way through, potential pitfalls just like they did with indiana jones yeah it's like it's like it has to be part uh, you know great decision making and part just luck but um and you know i think the movie is such a huge it was just so huge that you, everything became part of your life almost so uh, when you hear about what it was going to be it always sucks because you're like no that's not well that's, and, and there are plenty yeah. of things in this movie that made me grumpy a little bit okay so, uh, I, nothing made me grumpy but I, i'm willing to listen you know what i tell you did not make me grumpy and i could listen mm-hmm. to it all day long is just the droids walking around all the whirring sounds and little mm-hmm. little noises that they make ben burt that guy's the best the noises might be the star of this movie yeah it, it's just there's they're always great yeah yeah you're right yeah and they, they didn't they stop kind of using him unfortunately for the new newish ones yeah i think so yeah they said we got all the we got all the MPEGs, bro. We got no, all the that, sound files. We whoever don't need you. did it for the sequels did a great job, so I'm not worried about it. Not worried about it at all. They killed it. Was he was he involved with the prequels? Yes, I think so. So did he have a hand in Jar Jar's farts? I think so. Yeah. So maybe that's when I went south. Yeah. Yeah. He would sit he would sit in the kitchen at night, wait for his family members to go get snacks, and he would just record their their everything. <laughs> Um, but after he, Wally, he, his head probably got giant, you know? So, you know, there's things that stick out to me that remind me of what I was disappointed in when I was a kid. R2 has that third leg. He has that, like, third roller. That's what the ladies say. And the, his action figure did not come with it. They had and a supplemental me, one, though. Made they, me sad. I never got the What are you talking about? I never got they this. They came out with a supplemental one. Um, that had the leg, and they also came out with a leg that you could put in that hole underneath R2 to make that third leg. I just, all that I remember that hole just had, if you looked into it, it had that screw, screw that right. screwed his head on, which and I unscrewed, of, of course. Of course, everyone did. Of course. <laughs> and then I popped the, his his dome, his head into my mouth, probably. Yeah. I was, I was so into biting. You know, I, I, let me list the best figures to bite by far. I might have done this before, but Greedo I know, was Greedo, number one. Greedo was number one, yeah. Chewie is not bad, and it sounds like a joke. His head he was too bad. hard. His head was too hard. Not enough give. But, but he he was long, and you could just kind of you could you could hold his feet in your mouth, and it's kind of like he had like a, a cigar almost. Well, his you know? feet were chewy. No pun mm-hmm. intended. His head yeah. was hard. But you know, I also enjoyed three uh, PO just because of the texture. But the worst ones were like Darth Vader wasn't that great. Obi Wan. I mean, three PO was an awful chew because flakes of metal would come out. A metal paint would come out onto your mouth. And then, you know, 3PO, I noticed the figure. I remember the figure was so shiny, right? But in the movie, 3PO is really, like, ragged. Dis- very distressed. And I love the way he looks. And maybe you back in the old days, you you couldn't make that out as much. You probably couldn't, you know? Yeah. Um, but he he's dented. He's got a lot of, he's got a lot of wear and tear. Slight, slightly discolored calf. Yeah, zoom. Anyway, you could pick, like I said, you could pick your, before, you could pick your teeth with the lightsaber lightsabers and stuff i was into it i'd go over to my friend's house to play star wars and i just bite their figures you know yeah you were like the rancor sort of before the rancor yeah yeah 
So they land on an old Tatooine where a good portion of the film takes place. And right. We see well, we you, we see Carrie Fisher and the, all that that well, stuff. Okay. Well, I don't. For some reason, I don't think we need to. I just want to say hi to Carrie Fisher before we move on. Yeah. The the sad thing is, is you watch this film and it's filled with corpses. Like, there's so many deads in this movie. Don't now. say it. Don't say that. It makes me sad, man. The and, and Carrie Fisher's a huge loss. Huge, but maybe not the biggest. I love her. But there's some big, there's some people that have been gone longer that, I, you know, I was watching this film and I was just, man, we lost, we lost out on some great. All right. So they land on Tatooine, which is where, like I said, most of the shit, early shit takes place. A lot of the memorable stuff. It's amazing how much mileage they get from that crate dragon skeleton. Yeah. What's it called? Do you remember what that crate dragon is called? Uh, That's okay. And, and it's, it, as far as like world building, mm-hmm. it's wonderful. Even though it's not even a prop from this movie, it's great that they had that in there because when I saw the film, it blew up the world. And it was like, oh my God, the possibilities are limitless. And, and we don't see anything really like that in this film. I mean, the do backs and stuff, but it really, it just makes it bigger. It's a very smart decision. And there's a lot of things where George Lucas used real world kind of props and stuff like that to less effect. But that one worked great. You're talking about the gigantic skeleton that C-3PO's walking past? Right. You're saying they didn't use that for this? What What do you mean? That was a prop from another movie that was just there. It was? Yeah. Either that or they had it brought in from some other, from like a warehouse. Oh, okay. But it's a prop from a different movie. And then they left it and it's still there, which is amazing. That's what's so great too about Star Wars. I think is that there's just such a history. Like there's such a history that already, you know, obviously they already happened. Obviously, this is the the fourth movie. The first movie is the fourth, right, in the saga, which is strange. Um, but you know, there's a relationship between Obi Wan and Darth Vader. There's there's you know people hear let about legends. There's all that stuff that you can kind of fill in with your imagination. And I think the new movies did that to great effect for the most part too. They kind of picked up that I don't know flavoring. I don't know how to really express myself there but i like that about it you got to admit mm-hmm. one of the biggest wins in the whole star wars series is the jawas and their voices it's amazing yeah they're and amazing they're so cute and they're such assholes and they get destroyed in this film and i don't remember mourning them it's right around the same time we discover that owen and baru have been injured they're nuisances and so when they actually because because you know they're uh, they're cast as like obviously kind of scary at first and then they're obviously you know in it for the money you know and then they yeah they, there's you don't get a lot of time to mourn them but my big i always wanted and i'm sure you were like this when you were a kid i could not wait to see what their faces look like i wanted to know what if you took when you took down that hood what they look like you never get your relief there really you don't did i mean did any action did i what happened did they ever come out with one that you could no but pull the hood down i mean you they can't. had they had the one where you could take the hood out but it was like a little you know, bandagey face, like a wrapped up face with the glowing eyes. You don't even know what's under there. I want to know how they fuck. I, I want to know how you differentiate men from women. I want to, re- I want to know what they look like when they're born. You know, and obviously, to- obviously there are little kids playing them, right? I mean, they have to sometimes, be sometimes, sometimes kids, yeah. sometimes dwarven individuals. Yeah. You could tell that one scene where the ones running toward down there. It's like, that is a fucking child. It's a little kid. Yeah. yeah a little phantasm dwarf. And he, and it's, my kids notice that too. Yeah. Phantasm dwarf. <laughs> so good. Those guys um, are great, and they and obviously they got they got a little bit more play in the Mandalorian, which was nice. How would you rate their 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 uh, ship, their Sandcrawl? That Sandcrawl. How would you? Ra- that's one of the top Star Wars ships of all time, right? I mean, it's 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 gigantic. It's like a wedge, it's like an iceberg wedge. Um, and the jaw and the Jawas are the blue cheese. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. You know what's at the core of blue cheese? Blue milk. Hmm. 
That's how they make it. <laughs> so zoom in. I wanted to see the insides of that thing, man. I wanted, I wanted to you know. You do. You do. I mean, you do. You see where the the trash the or the 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 storage you know area, but I wanted to see like the. Living, do you ever get a like the living quarters and the and the? And I want to see that. Cockpit. I want to see the rec room. I want to see yeah. where they drive. Yeah, you know the dashboard. What does the dashboard look like on that thing? Badass, I'm guessing. I bet it is. Yeah, I think it'd be cool if it's like uh, Pacific Rim and you got two Jawas in these fucking. They're drifting around in these fucking cool things and. I love how they coordinate their outfits with it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's red and they're going to be red. They're, does anybody else do that in all of Star Wars? Match their outfit to their ship? Yeah. Yeah. Is Boba Fett sort of? Yeah. There's a few, like, the you know, yeah, all of That's them. That's something that Lucas, I think, predicted. And this is supposed to, this is supposed to be set in the past, obviously. But Lucas, he, I guess he was thinking that people would someday... Master outfits to your, their cars. Like, what kind of car are you rocking lately, Nick? I've got a gray Equinox. Do you ever find yourself dressing like it? Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Gray's my favorite clothing color already. So, yeah. You're wearing it right now. And uh, let me tell you this. Mm-hmm. Um, Equinox, film uh, made by uh, Star Wars uh, alum Dennis Murin. Really? Yeah, so we go back to that. Um so yeah, inside that storage, we meet the Nick Frost of the series, the Power Droid. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about how much of it before we really get into because uh, we can't move forward that fast. C three PO instantly hits the planet and is such an asshole. Like he is complaining his ass off in this movie i forgot about that and then like you know picks a fight with r2 and then you know i'm going this way and then he doubles down on it he knows it's a bad decision yeah and he still does it and immediately you know the camera lingers with r2 because you know that 3p is already as soon as r2 is captured you know 3p is already in there there's like no question he already got captured right would you say 3po was uh the first karen I just mystify incredible. Like, so they were considering a different voice for three PO than Anthony Daniels. Like they, you know, he's got this kind of upper crust English accent. They were, what were they thinking? Were they going to, was he going to be like uh, someone from the Bronx? (laughs) Was he going to be like, uh, I don't know. Like I'm too gold for this shit. Like what was his, I like his, yeah. yeah, But you know, what was his, anything that's not like this, the way that Anthony, uh, is it Daniels? Yeah. The way he plays him is he's just, comes off as this complainy like just kind of cowardly dude but i wonder if they were going to make him more badass at some point <laughs> yeah well once again that's one of those lucky decisions that he made the right choice with how old was you think anthony daniels in that suit i mean he must have been really young right yeah. and there's that trivia of course that first time he put the suit on and tried to walk with it the legs shattered <laughs> I, did, I did not hear this yeah <laughs> Oh, it's like this. It's like it's like the shark doesn't work. Exactly. Three PO's three PO's legs shattered. Um. Anyway, so I just thought that was a funny that he's just as soon as he hits planet, even before he hits the planet, he's ripping R two, and R two man, what a mensch! Like he puts up with that shit, you know. Yeah. Like he he doesn't, you know, he he loves. You could say he he's got a fondness. They do have a fondness for each other, but R two is he's he takes the shit. He takes it. Yeah. And then he's like he's rolling through sand like it's not a problem. Do you know what I'm saying? Like he's yeah. I can understand 3PO getting around, but R2? You think sand would get in the in the feet? Yeah. 
Was there, there's that scene where he's they it's shot like a horror film where the Jawas are stalking him, and there's parts of the terrain that are up ahead. There's no way he's gonna make it, mm-hmm. and they just film it. You know, they just film around it like uh, this is pretend like he got through okay. Every single moment, he's just sucks. It's great. <laughs> and then well, you you have to, you love R two. I right? love R two, but the, and the little Jawas just like sneak looking around corners and stuff, planning their planning their attack. It's a a wonderful little moment and. It's, it's amazing that they have a fucking trash can that communicates in beeps and so much personality comes out of him. It's, am- it's amazing. And it, it kind of also shows you how much they kind of left R2 behind in the new movies. I, you know, I think Last Jedi does the most with R2, but I really miss, like, he's, I, does he get anything to do in that in the third one, the, the last one? Yeah, he does some shit. And BB-8, was the that was the point, though. They wanted to give get a new droid out there. And he, I get he it. Did a great you got to give R2 some shit, though. Well, yeah, that's fine. Was R2 for, well, do you know if he's force sensitive? Yeah. Well, Kenny Baker was. I don't know if R2 is. Mm. You notice, okay, so we, we were talking about the inside of the ship, and when R2 gets captured and, and put in the ship, did you notice? I never noticed this before, but they cut to him, and he's got, like, this uh, metal, like, wig on him, he's like got, these metal got, scraps. Yeah, this awful minor debris <laughs> on him. Like, he's got a little wig. Little med- metal shavings, right. A little metal toupee for a second. You know, that'd be awesome if he was, he maintained that look throughout, you know? Yeah. And it made me consider, was R2 bald? <laughs> Once I saw him with that kind of metal hair. Yeah. 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 When you said he's a mensch, they did want to give him like an Abby Hoffman sort of fro, like a Jufro <laughs> kind of thing. So I get it. Yeah. I get it. I just liked him with hair. I think yeah. it would be great. Well, you're, you're very obsessed with hair on... Uh, Non-humanoids. Uh, yeah, it's it's actually on my resume. <laughs> so yeah, let's get off the Sandcrawler, uh, Spike Lee movie. Um, they go to Moss Eisley. Mm-hmm. Well, before they even get to Moss Eisley, we see we meet the stormtroopers on the planet who have been dispatched to uh, check for the hidden plans, and we see the first uh, real atrocity in the special edition. Those dobacks. Oh yeah, the digital the digital work in this movie. Yeah, it's jarring. It doesn't. It, it looks old now. It's just too. It's just. It's too focused on. You know, like how cool this is. That kind of thing. Well, but the, you know, we the, we also remember kind of cool as they were. Yeah, they did look cool. They were chunky. They were still otherworldly, and they weren't that very mobile. But we didn't need it. You know, I like those like medium shots of like a, a cre- somebody riding a creature, like in, mm-hmm. in on the Tauntauns in the second film. Two backs here, Banthas. You don't need to show off, especially. When uh, even back in 96, when this came out, your trained eye is instantly taken out of the movie. It's like watching an old Harryhausen film, except not cool. And plus the movie's so imprinted in your brain, you know, at least for us, people of our age, that anything new just jumps out, no matter what. They should do a special, special edition, and those dubex just fuck themselves. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and you know, Lucas, he just, he wanted to fuck with a good thing. Like it was, it was a, it was a huge, it was a huge success. George Lucas, newsflash, yeah, man, you don't need to mess with it, bro. He just, I guess maybe he wanted to find reason to re-release it or to make new toys or something. I don't know. Yeah, and then of course the uh, the stormtroopers are, are first of all the fact that they don't shoot the escape pod as it's leaving because there's no signs of life is ridiculous. They can afford to blow that away. It's not going to cost them really anything. They destroy shit wantonly. They do regret it. Yeah, later. they do. Um, but there's a great like Sherlock Holmesian moment uh, of a stormtrooper holding up a circular piece of metal, saying, "Look, sir, droids." <laughs> I know he finds it. He finds it in the sand. Wonder who's you know who's that was. It had to be three PO's. 
Yeah. Um, I was actually, really- that was actually uh, the engagement ring that R2 had given him. <laughs> I didn't realize that the jaw was rolled up right to Owen and Aunt Beru's uh, uh, house. Yeah. I didn't realize that yeah. that they were uh, they came door to door. Yeah, they were like the first DoorDash. The jaw. Yeah. I, I just never remembered that. I thought that they actually traveled to the, to, to the Jawas and to buy the robots. But man, they Jawas right there. Yeah, they offer they offer good service. Uh, they cut out the scene where Owen gives them a favorable review online. <laughs> I don't, it didn't seem like he would give them a favorable review. No, their customer service, like Droid Broken, instant customer service. Yeah. Free replacement. You know what I was noticing about the Lars family? You know, we're in the Tatooine Desert. Two suns blazing, right? They're wearing heavy ass clothes, layers. Mm-hmm. And I begin to wonder, I, I don't know if I could even, it was hard for me to like Luke originally because I can imagine they must have been the smelliest people. <laughs> I don't know, it gets cold in the desert. Yeah, not with two suns blazing though. And here's some trivia know. about Tatooine. Mm-hmm. They say that the only habitable places on the planet are on the on the poles because that's how hot the planet is. Oh wow, I didn't know this. But still stinking ass, those guys. You think they well, you know, as soon as they get in, as soon as C three PO gets in, um you know, gets uh, bought by uh Uncle Owen, he's immediately in the bath. He's taking a bath. But he does something that I never really brought to it never really came to my attention. <laughs> When R5-D4 short circuits and they're forced to get R2, Mm -hmm. 3PO taps Luke on the shoulder. (laughs) A robot (laughs) taps on the shoulder. I was startled that 3PO didn't speak Jawa. You know how he speaks every every language. He's not putting, he's not, he's not getting any, he's not translating Jawa. But you're right. I I did, you didn't realize he had a tapping shoulder mode? Is that what you're thinking? And then 3PO's doing a sales pitch on R2. And a forty-year-old precedent is started when Luke tells him to sh- he like gestures him to shut up. Owen Owen uh, is the first to tell him to shut up, right? I th- well, Luke gestures him to shut up as he's. So bab- they both are. They're both telling him to shut up in that scene. Yeah. Interesting. You're right. No, Owen does it first, but ultimately well, Owen Owen shuts up before three PO. What do you think when um, C three PO turns to Luke and said, "Your dad made me." <laughs> Luca, in the when he gets the droids in there and three PO's taking a bath, and before he starts working on R two, he starts he's playing with a toy. Of course, he is. Luca is the first anybody, I guess. Like, he's the first Star Wars toy player. He's got his little T one Skyhopper, right? He's got a little is Skyhopper. That what it's yeah, he's like yeah, he's he's playing with it. It's ridiculous. Oh. What, a, what a precocious douche. His line deliveries in that in that opening scene is just. Oof. I don't. I don't. I don't think he's bad. I think he's actually good in this movie. He gets better, especially when he and Han are bantering. Did you? I noticed something I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. When they're having their meal, the the Lars family is having their meal. Did you notice on the ceiling? Mm-mm. There's like this weird painted pattern over just a partial partial part of the ceiling. Super weird. Is it in Luke's bedroom or is this in the kitchen? It's in the kitchen. If you want to call it a kitchen, it's so ugly. They get a whole open door, like an open area. Yeah. What do they call that? In the, I don't know what they really, call it Tatooine, but... That's a pretty cool little house they got going there. Do you think the stormtroopers enjoyed it when they were um, <laughs> uh, cleaning up a bit? Yeah. I, I think it would be great if they were. Yeah. It would be great. And I love the fact that um, they have... you know, First of all, they're moisture farmers, which is wonderful. <laughs> the whole concept. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, it makes sense, right? It's an arid planet. You need to see, you need to moist. 
And uh, 3PO knows a little bit about moisture farming. That's why they, yeah. that's why they buy them. Yeah, he has his work history. I'm sure they'll make mm-hmm. a, a trilogy about that period too. But mm-hmm. I think, what do you, so I got to ask, what do you plant? A little moisture? What do you, or is it just their, the stink and sweat coming off their bodies because <laughs> they wear all these layers? Maybe that's the secret. I don't know, but Luke certainly doesn't like to do it. And all he those, out. yeah, all those devices are just to get the stink out of the water. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean it's a tough place to live. I mean Luke wants out; he wants to have adventures. He, he soon he soon gets to, but I mean just thinking about it, there's not much. I know they cut out some scenes with his buddies that, and they're they're kind of ripping him for being a nerd. I mean, he certainly is a nerd, but he, you know, there's Jawas stealing stuff there's uh you know sand people or tuscan raiders like threatening people's lives you know what i'm saying there's could trip over droid stuff in the sand yeah i, I don't know it's, it's a rough place i'd want to leave too i love it there's a vehicle in, in luke's room that is cooler than the land speeder or in the garage that is never addressed i don't even know if i've ever seen any other artwork about it but there's a scene where when r2d2 takes off in the night luke goes and 3po's hiding behind this badass hot rod that's right where, what happened to it? It's like the coolest <laughs> thing they ever made. He does. He's like hiding behind it because he doesn't want to tell Luke that R2 fled the coop. And there, and Luke's like, well, he can't. And he, he says it. He takes his restraining bolt off earlier. And he's like, ah, you're not going to go far. You don't need this. And R2 was like, I'm out of here. I'm out. <laughs> and he gets far. Yeah. He's a stubborn little guy. He's got. He's a man on a mission. Yep. Plus, I forgot, he just plays a little clip of that video file. He doesn't play the whole thing. He just plays a little teaser. Yeah. He, do you think R2 invented the teaser, the preview teaser? Yeah. They'll, that they'll do. And then I think Luke invented the first jacking off to a hologram. Who is she? Um, She's beautiful. <laughs> Your Luke impersonation is underrated, by the way. You got to follow me to the bathroom. Um <laughs> You're Ben. Play, every time you said Ben in this. Oh my God. I'm so, I actually wrote that down. Uh, so I was reading some of the trivia. This is not tied to the scene, but, but I had to write it in here in the middle because it blew me away. There's a huge zoom on IMDb trivia. David Prowse and James Earl Jones had never met. Oh, wow. But I've got good news. They're going mm-hmm. to soon. No, Nick. <laughs> I, don't mean, David. I don't mean James Earl's on the way out. Oh, Prowse is going to. I think we're bringing Prowse back. Mm-hmm. But it's funny. You said was, you read me earlier when I said that he was still mad about it. But I, I, t- I did do a Ouija board. I said, "Are you still upset they didn't use your voice in a New Hope?" And, and then I spelled out comma because my Ouija board has a comma. And then I said David Prowse, and he said. Uh, and then when you were setting up the Ouija board, did you did you did you direct the board to hell where he's located? I mean, isn't all, aren't all Ouija boards connected to that? Yeah, so what? to the hell region. Kind of presumptuous to think that that's where Prowse is. But after finding out that he was he was he died angry that James Earl Jones did the voice for Darth Vader. That's how he died. Still, still pissed off that they didn't use his voice. And then when I watched that clip of mm-hmm. him of his voice doing Darth Vader, I was a staggered how bad he is. How how his voice doesn't fit. Of course it doesn't fit because I want you wonder if if they did use it if that if you know that would have been the voice that everybody would have been taken with you know yeah I wouldn't have bought him I wouldn't have even bought Darth Vader twisting those knobs in his Tie Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> Funny thing is I met David Prowse once at a Dragon Con or something like that and I and, and he's you know he's a weird looking dude he looks sort of like Jaws from uh, Moonraker a little bit he's got that big old giant Easter Island head the thing that blew me away were his shoes he had Franken shoes. Did he? Yeah, giant Franken shoes. 
Did you, were you like in the bathroom? No, I don't meet everybody in the bathroom. Okay. I met Salacious Crumb in the bathroom, but that's different. Um, <laughs> yeah, R2's missing and they go hunting after him, right? There's mm-hmm. a scene. So they're saying Luke is the most amazing pilot, right? He's like this badass pilot. Him and mm-hmm. 3PO are riding in the land speeder and Luke has 3PO hit the accelerator. <laughs> he involves 3PO in the process. And even worse, in the deleted scenes, there's a scene of them and 3PO is driving the land speeder. Is he? Yeah. That's awesome. They did like a by bi- uh, you know the the bypass like the motion bypass thing with the with the fake screen behind them, and it's an awful scene. And Luke is just pointing and making comments, and three PO is holding the wheel, driving the land speeder. Does it have a wheel? Yeah, in that in that shot, it did. Yeah, and they obviously Lucas is like, this may not work, but it's so fucking hilarious to think of three PO as your driver. Yeah, I didn't. Was Luke in back just like arms behind, like hands behind his head, like relaxing? Or? Pretty much. He's like, play that hologram again. Need to get, need to get so, wet. So, you know, one of the best things the special editions did was crop out that uh, the underneath of the land speeder when it's flying. Great. You know, I, make, love I love it. So that makes me happy that they they kind of replaced that. I didn't hate it, but it, you know, the blurry stuff that they had in the in the first one. I love it. I love it both ways, and I love that they the scenes where they're getting on or off the land speeder. The frame, it's bumping up against the frame so you don't see whatever's holding it there. It's very effective. They did a, a lot of really creative stuff with the way that they... Uh, yeah, and I love, the, I love the land speeder. That was one of my f- favorite toys Were you disappointed when you popped the hood open and it was just a decal? Every toy came with disappointment for me. Every single one. Uh, I wanted to know more about it and... When you, whenever you try to find more about it, like I was like in the Millennium Falcon, the passageway from the cargo area to the, to the plate, you know, the, there's nothing, the pilot, whatever. There was like a blue decal wall yeah. and I tried to dismantle it to find the hallway. Yeah. And, uh, it, it, I was like, why can't you just, cause he, what they did was they, it wasn't big enough for that. <laughs> you have to, <laughs> wasn't big enough to push the, you know, like basically for them to stand up and go through it. So they just blocked it off, yeah. I guess. It's, it was sort of like an early video game where basically some sections were unlockable, right? Some weren't. Um, and then I, re- I wanted to, I wanted to hide the figures in the cargo hold. I wanted to do all that stuff, yeah. like you know. Anyway, but you did put your blasters in the landspeeder trunk thing. You had to have put it in the in that little front area. I mean, when I didn't lose them, yeah. Well, that's a good place yeah. to keep. They're probably still in there wherever they are. Some you know landfill. Yeah. Um, did you read about Peter Cushing's feet? They wore slippers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Of course. Does that not make you wish that there's footage of Grandma Tarkin in slippers? So my daughter commented that Peter Cushing looked very thin in this. He does. He's very, he has a very angular face. He's very scary, obviously. Uh, you know, like a very, um, I don't know, he com- has a commanding presence. But picturing him in slippers makes me love him because he didn't like to wear the boots. You know, the funny and they is- said and they said they were furry slippers. Yeah. One of the big yeah. takeaways from this film is Peter Cushing is like the only really good villain. Like he actually has his shit together. Now he gets a little vain at the end. What? In our moment of triumph? But yeah, otherwise, he, he actually yeah. is kind of a badass. You know, he he fucking he blows up a planet. Mm-hmm. Hardcore. He does. He. He balances the bureaucrats and the wizard. Uh, he is a cunning individual. You know, he tortures the living fuck out of Princess Leia. Like, he's a man of his word. He's actually a pretty solid little villain. Yeah, and he and he's that's what's so interesting, too. I think it's a smart decision make decision by Lucas. And the Darth Vader isn't the main bad guy. He, he And he is, uh, you know, he is um, uh, taking orders from old uh, Grand Moff. 
you know, and you're right. He's a, he's kind of a lackey. Yeah. Um, he's got the, he's, he's got the, you know, more power than old grand Moff, but he's still taking orders. He's still getting, he's still picking up the laundry. Yeah. You know, love it. I love it. I also mm-hmm. love the fact that, um, the, so obviously going back to Tatooine, they, 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 uh, there's the whole Tusken Raider sequence where we meet Obi-Wan. Yeah, and that's like that's played like a horror movie too. Like Obi Wan comes in with like a the worst horror music. goofy screams you can. Yeah, they're so dumb. His screams suck. Guinness obviously great in this though. Guinness, they're like Guinness. They're lucky great. to have him. Tuscan yeah. Raiders, who <laughs> sand people. Yeah, by the time of this movie's running time, had already slaughtered Shmi Skywalker, <laughs> and God knows what they did to her before that. Do you think a little silly scream is going to scare them off? Uh-uh. I don't like they're, it. I, don't I didn't like it because they were picking apart the land speeder, which I love. Right. I didn't care that they ripped C-3PO's arm off and then knocked Luke out. But the fact that they were doing that to the land speeder bothered me. Yeah. So I had this image. As soon as I saw Alec Guinness, I was like, man, why don't they CGI ear pods into it? I thought it would be cool if Alec Guinness had ear pods through the movie. Why? I don't know. I just thought it would look great. Yeah, yeah, it, he would have been. I think he would have. It's safe to say, been an earpod fan. Yeah, if he would have been born later. Famously cantankerous or cranky about his role in this movie, but he's good. Yeah, this is his Michael Caine Jaws revenge film, I think. But I love that uh, we get to hear my favorite in, in that scene what? when Luke is rescued. Ben, <laughs> it's my favorite. I love that. When they're uh, looking for getting R two, they and they realize that the um, that they're in trouble. Luke pulls this huge fucking gun off the land speeder. It's like this. That's for picking up like swamp rats. So yeah, it looks like a I don't know, like a, a pole from pole. That's that big. It's yeah. almost bigger than he is. Yeah. So yeah, does he have, did 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 we ever get a figure with with that I uh, piece of artillery? I wouldn't be surprised. That weapon. I remember they did. They did a bunch of like after after this the the bloom had come off the rose a little bit with the toys that I think they did a bunch of kind of alternate versions of it. And I wouldn't be surprised if that little gun made its way. They did that. I, it cracked me up that this movie is so like the toys were so sought after that they made an award ceremony, Luke, <laughs> and probably a Leia too, right? They yeah. put Leia in that dress, but it's like that scene lasts for like three minutes or something and he's wearing that yellow coat. They're like, we got to get that figure out. Yeah. So, and then of course we start the real driving force of the storyline. Things start, start to move pretty quick once Luke meets. They do. Ben. Yeah. But it's funny because Ben, so obviously there's a little retrofitting that had to be done with the prequels and the sequels and all that stuff in terms of that. Cause Ben, you know, he, he's not exactly there. It doesn't jive exactly where his timeline goes with Luke and Leia and all that stuff. It doesn't matter. But the funny thing is, is so R2 plays that hologram and Ben instantly trusts everything about it, which made me very happy. It's like, mm-hmm. what a, like he's the kind of guy that is on QVC at, you know, in the, in the middle of the night, pulling the trigger on a, on a blender out of nowhere. He's bored out of his fucking mind on that planet. No wonder he's, he leaps to, he probably knows it's like, well, we're going to fly into instant death and I'm going to take these guys with me and they're going to die too. But he's like anything to get off of this. I mean, wait, he didn't have a companion on there. He's living like a monk. Like he, did you see a TV in there? I didn't even see anything in his little, his little place. What, what, what's the de- decor like? It's boring. 
A couple beanbag chairs and like what? Yeah, he's got like making mac and cheese at night. Like, what's he doing in there? No, he's, like, what? he is eating, you know, look little creatures out of the desert. You know, he's like a nut man. Yeah, he's fucked up. But look, even Yoda and Empire, like his, you know, he's also in hiding. He he has a better setup than Obi Wan. It feels like it feels like Yoda kind of enjoys his retirement. Obi Wan looks like he's just bored. I, I like the idea of it, sort, sort of like a witness relocation program for these guys, you know, acclimating to the new surroundings, having to put on you know, a little shtick. Obi-Wan went deep undercover and changed his first name. <laughs> he did. And he did. And uh, yeah, is that, is that, does he mean Ben Kenobi? You know? No, because his Obi-Wan. first name's different. His last name's identical. His description's identical. And there's another another continuity uh, moment. They go, they go right. Mm-hmm. They go to the first. They go to see. They find the Jawa wasteland where they're all dead, and then they go. Obviously, Luke rushes off to discover. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. Oh, really? Yeah, that's that's a line from Ben Kenobi. Maybe he maybe he said it sarcastically. He did not. What ha- I can't remember what happened. So Luke, he he sees the dead Jawas and he says that maybe my uncle and aunt are in that danger. Would lead them home. And then he goes there and he says they're okay, right? Yeah. It, it was he goes. Fine? It's like there's smoke. Oh, it's a shame. I will have to put that out. And then we see uh, what looks like smoldering bodies, and then we get closer and discover. They are su- super smoldering. But I thought, did you see the deleted scene when he goes over and he checks their pulse? <laughs> I missed it. Um, yeah. But um, Luke, being ever the snotty teenager, sits down and says, where's my dinner? Go get me a drink. <laughs> Protocol droid, all the owners home. Did the stormtroopers wait? Are those their bones? Oh, it's a funeral pile. Charred blue milk and cooked Peru Oh no Smells like burning tide Smashing the hole and careened across the desert into Owen Lostall. And night with people with panthers for pets make weird sounds after smelling cooked flesh. Oh, their outlooks die. moment's work you know around the old table 
Uh, yeah, Luke suffers quite a bit of loss in this movie, as does Princess Leia. Um, she, she loses more. A little bit, yeah. I don't know how friendly she was with most of the planet, though, yeah. to be fair. Well, I bet you she was probably a, a nuisance. You know, royalty, taped down chest. You know, she's probably feeling it. She's, like, not in the mood yeah. to, like, hang out, have a beer. But well, uh, she has, she's on a diplomatic mission. Yeah. She's got... She's at work. Very young. In this? Yeah. She, was she was she uh, in her even 20 yet when she made this movie? She was under 20, I think. Funny thing is, is she had an affair with Mr. Harrison Ford on the set. They, they went down. But okay. shortly after her death, Mark Hamill said that they had toyed with the idea of hooking up and decided against it. Very, very make peace kind of, you know, <laughs> post, uh, post ability for her to argue comment (laughs) (laughs) well he she i think in her last book she did say that she kind of wished she had hooked up with mark hamill because he was such a nice guy and uh mark hamill said uh let me cut this book this part of the book out and put it on my refrigerator yeah he's like uh, um and then and then he's and he's like why don't i have a time machine (laughs) um so this is right around the same time in the movie where Leia gets tortured, and yeah, by the uh, with by the droid with a hypo. Well, that's what I was going to say. That's one of the bad decisions in the film because mm-hmm. you have this droid and then a store bought hypodermic needle attached to it with 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 even the measuring marks on it. Mm-hmm. Maybe doctor it a little. <laughs> it's hilarious, but they improve upon it in Empire when the tor- that the torture robot in Empire that whatever the device they use. They they must have regretted the hypodermic because they went wild. Yeah, well, I regretted it. it. It was shit. They put a uh, Solo's chest all over it. Remember? Yeah. And speaking of Solo, there's a, one of the trivia things was that George Lucas based Han Solo on Francis Ford Coppola. What? Yep. Which? Wow. So Coppola was cool as hell. I, that's what blows my mind because uh, every picture I see with him, he's wearing a beret, <laughs> which means he's a dog shit person. <laughs> I mean, maybe sarcastic. I mean, I don't know. And then, you know, they go to Moss Eisley and another bad decision happens. A really mm-hmm. bad decision. So, you know, there's all these great monsters. The canteen is known for all the diverse things and all the creatures. There's a scene where they're outside about to go in. And in the background, a guy dressed like Belloc walks by. He's a guy in a, in a hat, like a fedora mm-hmm. and normal clothes like khakis. Just walks by in the background. As you said, it's a bad decision. I, I'm, I don't. I do not sense that. So Lucas adds a disgusting job of the hut and an awful stepping on the tail moment, but can't get rid of Belloc in the background. <laughs> the fuck's he thinking? That's the worst addition in the entire series. Maybe the worst scene in the series, in my opinion. Out of all nine movies. Okay. Well, we're gonna have to. Well, when we get to Return of the Jedi, I will fight you on this. But, <laughs> Be, but oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about, but the the. Yeah, the the job it's so unnecessary. Like it does you and in fact, it hurts you know, it hurts it because later when Jabba shows up, you've heard about him. Well not and when only he that, shows up, he's insane looking. Well, know? and and of course at this time Doesn't Luke, Ford doesn't Hansel call him a human being too? Yeah, he does. To yeah, but, yeah. And they make it sarcastic, but the thing is their relationship is sort of loving in this movie. There's like a fun camaraderie between them mm-hmm. and it ruins the return of the Jedi thing because Jabba you want him to be a villain. And 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 actually there is not a moment in Return of the Jedi when you meet Jabba and you understand he's mentioned in Star Wars. You don't need anymore. You don't That's want it. anymore. And then and then they add him to the fucking prequels. It's like, don't you realize and they add Boba Fett to this too, which is 
It's just so yeah. Cool. I, I was going to ask you. I didn't remember if that if Boba Fett showed up in this. He doesn't. So he he does. But no, it, it, he was an addition, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was you don't need it. Yeah, you absolutely don't need it. Mm-hmm. But they, it does give Boba Fett one second more screen time, so it, it doubles his total screen time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he doesn't get a lot. Um, let me. Oh, I, I wanted to talk about the cantina scene, which you know, that's obviously when I was a kid. That was I love that scene so much. And I was when I was watching this, I was wondering why they were never able to recreate it. Like why? Because they, they tried so many times. They did. There's so a lot where, of things so, that are great like that. Tell me. Uh, in uh, the, is it the Force Awakens where they go into that? Which is the one where they? Yeah, with Maz's place. I love that. I love it. It's, it they, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't completely work for me. And I, I was trying to figure out why. And I think it's because there's so much danger in that scene. Like the, everybody, it's it seems like um, uh, it's it's normal. Like you're just seeing all the, you know they're showing you all these different alien types, and it's insane looking. And then. There's da- there's obviously danger in there, uh, but then the the violence is just so abrupt and everything goes back to normal. Um, I just think it's so perfect the way it plays out, and I think the other movies that have tried to to do it just get it wrong. Solo does I, I don't, it good too, actually. But no, I think the thing yeah, is, Solo does it. Solo does it. Maybe the second. Why best, do you Why do you want them to, to retread? No, I'm just saying that different dynamics in those other scenes. They have different purposes. I think I don't want them to necessarily retread, but they always try to. They try to capture that moment. I'm always wondering why they're not exactly able to get that feeling back. See, I think it's more world building than anything else. I don't think they're trying to like rip that off or emulate it too much. I think it's a combination. So it's just so perfect the way they do it here. You know, there's so much. There's so many stories at work that you don't know about in that scene. And I think in like you, you said, Force Awakens, you just don't care about. There's the the mystery. There's no real mystery to those characters in in that scene, and maybe it's because Maz is kind of cool and she kind of runs. Yeah, I just it. like different designs. You know, those guys having a field day with uh, with their creativity. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it doesn't work in narratively. You know, like, uh, this is the most integral to the any of them because it's of how much happens and how much it leads the story. Yeah, and I think obviously last year I tried to attempt it with a casino and it doesn't quite work. It's just there's that was very generous of you to say it doesn't quite work. <laughs> well, I love I love that movie. Um, anyway, uh, but you know that's I wanted that's that's the that's where they went to get all the figures once they became a huge hit. They started to realize all those little characters that have barely any screen time. But don't you feel bad for the ones they left out? Of course they did. They didn't create figures for, of course, and the ones that they digitally removed forever. Like, Which one? Black like Sivrak, the Wolfman. They got rid of him. He's great. Oh, they removed him. What's his name? Black Sivrak. Now, what about the one? Was the was this an addition to the this the the elephant nosed like spy that's like Gorindin? Gorindin. Yeah. No, he's a, he's been in there always. That's Gorindin. All right, so Gorindin, why didn't they make a figure of Gorindin? They absolutely back? did make a Gorindin figure. Not in the original. There's no way they did in the original. Like Not in the first wave, no, but they did it eventually. First. When, though? Well after. Yeah, they should have done it. They should have done it. That actually has a little, he has a little bit of a characterization. Yeah. I would have gone nuts for a Gorindin figure then. I, I'm then. not going to argue with you. Just the biting possibilities alone. Yeah, I know. You know, yeah. you know what's funny is uh, there's an, a, a different version of the Greedo scene in that cantina outtake. I'm glad they didn't keep the version of Greedo that's there because he's got this really ridiculous hand with these really ridiculous fingers and his head looks dumb. 
it's the same costume and all that, but it's just not convincing at all. Obviously, the Greedo scene is already pretty controversial, but I like the design of Greedo. Why? I haven't heard. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I like the design of Greedo's design's great. He's very, he's a huge fan of green. Yeah, he's like he loves green. a little Cubert kind of, a little Cubert going on. But, and if, thank God we got to see him as a baby later on in the prequels. But, um, did you see? You know, in the in the original cut, he you see, he he shot himself. <laughs> Did you see? <laughs> anyway, um, so t- let's talk about the famous uh, Wal- Walrus Man sequence. That oh god, yeah, that, that horrified me when I was a kid. It sucks. Um, you don't like it? it? Sucks. Oh, it's great. Guinness does look uncomfortable with the lightsaber <laughs> at all times, though, for sure. Not and to, in his in his defense, it is a it is an odd. You know, it didn't have its legendary status yet. So he's his his fight scene with Darth Vader in particular oh, is, is is hard to watch. Juice. Yeah. They're just they're just tapping sticks together. Yeah. Yeah. There's no there's no flourish. There's none, and it's stiff as fuck. It, <laughs> it's, it's awesome. Like, Man, these Jedi. I mean, the, the the funny thing is, is the whole it seems like the whole saga is meant to convince us that the Jedi suck. It's like, man, these guys are not what you hoped they'd be. The whole series. Um, yeah. But no, that's mean. It's so funny because Dr. Evazin or whatever his name is kind of like picks on Luke out of nowhere. And mm-hmm. then Walrus Man gets his arm cut off very fast. And then, but it's not his arm. Uh, it's, it's, it is his arm, but underneath his arm. So you're dipping sticks. Right, for all Chud Show listeners. Um, no, but it, he that horrified me. The blood, like I remembered actually watching it now uh, as an adult, um, as an old man. Um, it's not gross, it's, you know. It's not really gross, but in as a kid, I I picture blood everywhere. <laughs> I thought it just looked like just so gross. They lingered on it for a long yeah. time. I couldn't believe it. It's like, and it really is the only blood in the movie, right? It was like you're irreversible, kind of. Like. And then they just go back to normal. Like they don't, well, there's no, no aftermath of that. No, fight. every time somebody gets killed in this, it's, it's, oh, oh. Han Solo. I want to know how much, how many credits he gave the bartender were after killing Greedo. Cause it looks like two coins. And, and I want to know what the currency exchange rate is on murdering a guy in public. What is, what is, uh, what is his name? The bartender's name? Warer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like how you just toss it out there. Like it's knowledge. Oh, you guys remember were yeah the bartender from the cantina. You know yeah were yeah is he is this his first or last name? That's his only name. How do you spell it? Just like Kari were I think Kari were yeah W U H R E R I believe <sighs> they didn't make him. That's the thing. They you think that absolutely made a were figure later? Yeah. Why didn't they just get the first time? Because they didn't know that they were creating an entire cottage industry when they fucking put those Kenner figures out. They're like, well, let's, let's, we'll do these. I, nobody's going to buy them. But, and then all of a sudden, like, and they had to, you know. They made they made um, Walrus Face or whatever Well, they made was. the really wacky guys. Yeah, Hammerhead, Snaggletooth, Walrus Man. Oh, Hammerhead was. He was Super one of my. Bitable. He looked like Taffy already. I love to bite him. I still have. I still, I think I talked about this before I, on the old show. I still have Hammerhead, and he's a, he was a, a long time a bath toy for my kids. He would always be in the bath. Yeah, and um, I, his his getup is incredible. Yeah, he has like a tank top, yeah, a blue tank top. Yeah, yeah. and these like just insane limbs yeah. and the crazy face. But he's got a, He's he put the tank top on before leaving the homestead. You know. Well, I mean, if you read the extended universe stuff, he had just gotten back from spring break. <laughs> 
The funny thing, <laughs> the funny thing is, Hammerhead. You say you had a your figure had a long life. Giant unwieldy head, bad connection point in the neck. That head was the first thing to come off out of all my toys. His no, no, he, he he's still he's still going strong for me. Man, my yeah. Hammerhead toys head came out. No, who R two broke for me. His sticker came off. Well, that, and, uh, yeah, that, but that's just that's just patina. That's fine because I put him in the bath too much. Yeah, yeah, but or saliva. I can't one of the two. Yeah, but he. I can't remember who broke. I think three PO's arm broke off, which hey, precursor, right? But I don't know. I love it. I, I love that we used to play with these toys in the bath because there's not a lot of water sequences in the Star Wars series, mm-hmm. especially then. When you love, as a kid, when you love something so much, you you take it to the bath. Yeah. You have to take. You have to have it with you at all times. You sleep with it. Take it to the bath. Bring it to a church. I know you were at church a lot as a kid, probably. <laughs> I was trying to find Rawhead Rex. But I love the idea. Uh, uh, and then as adults, you're encouraged to bring toys into the shower, but a little different. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Obi-Wan overpays ho- Solo. He does. Overpays him. Yeah. But he, uh, he doesn't because he ends up not paying a cent because he dies. Yeah, he, well, he did Solo does get paid. He gets paid, but not by Obi-Wan. Not a not a not a red cent. Looks like they pay him in luggage. <laughs> it does, the end. Yeah, like actually, it's funny because uh, there's a scene where uh, the leader of the Rebel Alliance says, "Would you accept a gift certificate to Maury Luggage?" <laughs> oh man, it were. Um, and then there's a dumb Jabba scene. You know, it's funny. I was at this point, I was reading the trivia again. You know, so they get on the Millennium Falcon and d- dick out. Right? They get out. Like they meet Chewie, mm-hmm. they meet Han, they they fuck off. Um, Luke's, you know, he's got nothing. To, he sells his land speeder. It's great. Anyway, obviously the the the, the Jarek chess game that's so famous. Mm-hmm. The trivia on IMDb indicates that uh, a little known fact is that the Emperor was a master at that chess game, which makes me laugh at the idea of Palpatine <laughs> playing with this super basic dumb little monster game. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, maybe, you know, like he like, he's like the Gary Kasparov of space, you know, he's out there. He's like, he's like plotting like these crazy trade negotiations while playing a fucking Hulk elephant creep, throwing shit around on the table. <laughs> Pal- yeah. What thinking about Palpatine play. I mean, he obviously is playing the galactic games and he obviously is playing the galactic chess and he's making moves like a chess master, obviously, but sitting, thinking about him sitting down playing like Monopoly, yeah, you know? Yeah. Or connect four, even something like. Wonder if he was like. What do, What do you think his favorite operation? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, yeah. They, and the funny and thing know, is, those, they the, those guys cheat. You You think they use the force to cheat? Absolutely, games? absolutely. And the funny thing is, is obviously there's a lot of the majority of the characters in these films are humanoids. Uh, so I'd like to think of who was the model for the early Star Wars version of um, of of operation, and it has to be Porkins. Yeah, I love that you bring Porkins up because th- that is a fat joke. They, a fat <laughs> they joke. Cause a battle for a fat joke, <laughs> and he di- instantly dies. He instantly dies, and he's stubborn, and, the guy, and and he dies, and it's the worst. And then they cut to the stormtrooper, the the guys in the Tie Fighters. They said, "I can't believe we had to shoot that that ship five times more than a normal ship because he was so fat." <laughs> No, but like he, they, they name, they, they give him, they call him Porkins because he's fat. The actor was, that actor was pretty good. Like he showed, he was in Batman. He was yeah, in um, yeah. Hardware. Yeah. And now he's in the soil. He died. Um, um, the funny he, is, so few of the characters are actually named, but we get Porkins because it's a fat mm-hmm. joke. 
I think. I think. And the funny thing was, he had the force. Like that guy had the force, but he ate it. Like he, <laughs> the, he, he was force sensitive, and he ate it. Well, Porkins is his first name. Yeah. Turns out the last the force is fattening. His last name was a huge large. <laughs> Poor guy. You know that sucks. To be like the. That's a joke that doesn't necessarily work for me. That, that the special edition went through all that. Yeah. And they couldn't dub in a new name for that guy. Yeah. Come on, Lucas. Plus, did we ever get a Porkins action figure? I think there was one. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why there was a plastic shortage in Hong Kong for us, right? <laughs> or so I mean, and then we get to say, you know, our core stuff. The movie moves on and you know, start to get to the cool shit. Um oh. What's your favorite like segment of the movie? Is it the early stuff, the middle stuff, or the big battle shit at the end? I might like the first. Like, I mean, I love it. Obviously, all of it. I I might like the beginning, like the whole stretch with Luke and before they leave. The most for some reason, I don't know why. I think, my, and you know, when you first meet Han, all that stuff is just so great. I think to my me. favorite shit in all these movies is people hanging out on spaceships. You know, it's like the the camaraderie and just seeing these characters interact without like some sort of action forcing them to do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously part of it's because there's so much hit, you know, relationship that we've accrued with these people over the years. That's why I gave a lot of uh, rise of Skywalker a pass because they had moments of these guys just together. So this is what established all that. I love it. You like that. Uh, Obi-Wan's Miyagi Luke on this, like sort of not, and, and, the force. and there's some really bad acting by uh, Alec Guinness. Um, or bad filmmaking that doesn't allow him to act when Alderaan gets destroyed. Luke's in the middle of his training and uh, Alec, Alec Guinness holds his head and has to sit, let Luke yeah. go back to his stuff. And it's just looks like it, he got like a, like a, like a leg cramp or something. I had to sit down real quick, but it's, it's uh, an underreaction. I think well, he says that he says something pretty ominous. Yeah. Like a hundred voices or a million voices cried out and then were suddenly silenced. And then he's like, no, 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 no. That's what I'm talking about. Say, when he says, he goes, Oh, ow, ow, what, what hat, what? And then he proceeds ow. to name all the dead. <laughs> but he said, bad. I remember when he says, he goes, I think a bunch of people that didn't matter just got yeah. blown away. Yeah. Um, he's, like, he's like, I want to let you know, 1100 people were shitting while this happened. <laughs> And they do, they do, uh, what did you think of, what is it, light speed? What do you, when you first saw light speed, were, were, were you so excited? I was, yeah. It just, it's just when, so, it's, the it's, first show, well, Star Trek used to do something like that, right? It's such a cool thing. Um, I don't know. I never was a huge Star Trek guy, so. I hope that if we ever do achieve light speed, mm-hmm. which is surely going to happen during our lifetime, that it doesn't look like that, though. I, hope, I, I think it'd be cool if it looks dumb. Yeah, I think light speed should look super dumb. Yeah, it's kind of one of my so satisfying to see. I mean, I'm I'm glad that they they it's their it's their version of zooming in. They zoom they zoom across the universe, and then they, they and then in this new Disney Plus version, mm-hmm. uh, they added another tweak where they're about to they're about to go, and Chewie says in perfect English, "Don't do the holdo maneuver." Thought it was kind of neat. <laughs> um, yeah. So they Alderon lost. It was injured, and then. Yeah. You know, we start to get, you know, they show up and there's that great, that's no moon moment, yep. which I always loved. It's Tom Cullen's favorite part of the film. <laughs> and then um, they get sucked in by a tractor beam. My, that was my first interaction with the term tractor beam, which made me happy. I like the idea of a tractor beam. You know, I you do too. I was fascinated by things it. Into you. I love it. 
And then I love that Alec Guinness is a, he's standing and touching the tractor beam for a large part of this movie, fiddling with well, it. Well, and, and talking about toy sets that were baffling, but I loved. Here's a tiny little section of, of, a, of a giant yeah. space station, and right. somehow we liked it. We took that. We accepted a tiny portion of a space station as a, a slice. And we also took a tiny portion of a space station with the trash compactor. That's all that mattered. The only thing that mattered in that whole place that was a trash compactor. I didn't care about the, the floors above it. I just wanted to be able to throw the figures into the orange trash compactor. I will, tell you, I will tell you flat out, I saw something in this movie I've never seen before, and it terrified me. What? In the trash compactor scene. Chewie makes a face in that scene I that made me sick. Was his mouth open? Yeah. Mouth, I noticed it. A too, weird yeah. open mouth he does, which is, they had to have built a prosthetic simply for that scene because Chewie's mouth isn't supposed to do those things. Yeah. If, no, if one thing the movie Microscope has brought us, it's Chewie's anatomy needs to be less. They didn't uh, show Chewie's hands in this movie, I they noticed. Yeah. But I didn't realize he had two vaginas. <laughs> By the way, they call it... What do they call this? They don't call it the trash compactor. They call it the garbage crusher in this. Luke calls it a garbage smasher. Smasher. Yeah, I've never heard that before. Which is ridiculous. I hate yeah. to correct you, Luke. It's called the trash compactor, my friend. Yeah. I also began to really question the the uh, engineers involved in the Empire based on the shit that was in that. <laughs> and the fact that the Dianoga was in that. And then, of course, I had to find out what, what the, the, the behind the scenes of the Dianoga. I've always loved that creature. Mm-hmm. Um, place that it came with the Diagnoga, right? It's the first yeah, time you got to see it its did. body. Christ, yeah. Of course it did. Yeah. But it also came with pieces of foam as Which trash. Was, yeah. That was different color foam. Bad stuff. Bad decision. I loved it. It was like an, it was like Atari 2600 graphics Mm-mm. in 3d. It was incredible. And I loved it. It didn't come. You could put water, you know, it didn't have water. I guess those things, the sponge pieces of sponge would soak up the water, but in the movie, you know, they're in trash and they're super wet and the trash is floating in the water. You know, it's like, it just looks, it's just perfect. It's the best. It's I the just, best, except looks like so much fun and they're almost dead the whole time. You yeah. Know? Well, the funny thing is it smells really bad. So I guess there's waste, mm-hmm. and, but there's also bizarre giant pieces of machinery and stuff. I'm like, mm-hmm. how does something go bad on the Death Star to where you have to trash an entire giant piece of, you know, pipe and shit? Mm-hmm. Like when they're building the thing, obviously they're cleaning it out, they're disposing of it. So the stuff that worked its way into the trash mm-hmm. are giant building pieces. Right. Ridiculous. Who's well, they were doing they were doing construction on that thing. They were building it somehow in space. Maybe they're that's where they're throwing away the debris. There is no way that they are not sending that stuff out to to, to soil planets. But so I, so the story, the backstory on the Dianoga is first of all, it's a chick, which makes me super happy. Mm-hmm. Garbage um, monster, yeah, yeah, and there are some of that species that are Jedi, which makes me even happier. Are you serious? Yes, force sensitive. And then the the, the thing is, is so, so how did this creature get on here? So apparently, it was captured and then thrown in the trash, <laughs> like alligator. It's not like it's an employee of the Empire that just you know, is in the trash. But it sounds like it might be though, because whenever that starts, the trash can start. It starts to compact. It swims away. It knows well, yeah. what's coming. Yeah. Well, there's the sound, and it's apparently some sort of thing opens, and it knows to get the hell out. Mm-hmm. But the funny thing is, is reading the extended shit on it, it's down there, and it eats the waste, biological matter yeah. that's down there, which I feel it, which means it's eating shit down there. That's a shit eating creature. I think it would be great if Luke became infected from getting strangled by a shit eating monster. Did not die from a lightsaber, but died of fucking 
botulism or some fucking virus or something. He's on his deathbed in re- at the end of Return of the Jedi, shit in his pants. <laughs> the Dianoga, that is a they they had a great way to they all the names work in this. All of them. You know, yeah. Luke Skywalker works, like everything works. It's cool. Darth Vader, everything works. Not so much later. I'm not gonna I, I can't I can't go on this journey Luke, with you. Lucas ran out of luck later, I think. Okay. First of all, Luke. It works. Every Luke I've known has been a super redneck. <laughs> well, and um, it's true. Uh, I don't mind wedge. He's a blue neck. He's a blue neck. I don't mind wedge. Biggs. Porkins mm. is bad. Porkins is the one, I guess. Hobby still works, kind of though. Hobby. I don't know. Hobby. One of the rebel pilots is Hobby. Mm, works. Grand true. Moff. Awesome. You know it's awesome too. You're with me. Stop trying to argue with me. I love it. I mean, the names are cute. Dude. Later, Sleazebago, though, didn't work for me. Alien Sleazebagano? Mm-hmm. I would have to say that the, the swings were bigger, the whiffs were bigger, but the connects were bigger, too. Mm-hmm. Some of the names are, he reached for the stars and, and grabbed his, his uh, you know, his wife. But I think there's some stuff that's, there's some great names down the line. Even in, in, in The Phantom Menace, like, you got to love the Sando Aqua Monster. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah I, you, know. I, I didn't yeah. remember what it was called. By the way, everybody's calling the Millennium Falcon through the whole series the, the biggest piece of junk. They hate it. That looks dumb. I love that. I, I mean, I would be defending that ship. I would say it's in the top 10 characters in the entire saga. Yeah. But it's, it, it is an ugly piece of ass. It is not. Maybe it's just it wasn't. It's just very big. And, and they're like, well, we like a, in these days, in these Star Wars days, we like a sleeker machine, a sleeker vehicle. It, it's dumb and ridiculous looking, but it's fine. And, and, and it's funny how bad the um, there's a couple of really bad moments in this in the combat sequence at the end. That's like, mm-hmm. eh, I'm not sure. How hard is it to shoot somebody? How, and, and then they line, they lock you in their sights. And then the gun, it fires like three bad shots before actually s- catching the target. You notice that? Yeah. Whenever the TIE fighters get a lock on, it fires two shots to nowhere. And then it slowly finds it. So why even have a tracking thing? Because you suck. Well, when, when they're on the ship, we were talking about Obi-Wan and Luke's training and, and you know, with the ball. And he calls it a remote. I never heard that before, did you? It's a big zoom. I think, I think Han Solo is ripping Luke. And he says... He said, good against remotes is one thing. Good against the living is something else. I didn't realize that that ball, that phantasm ball, whatever the hell it is, it was a remote. I'm blown away, Nick. Yeah. I'm blown away. There's a there's a line that I don't remember ever in the film that I actually found was funny and cute. Because, um, you know, they're trying to escape the Death Star. And uh, they're running around doing all, you know, Han's doing his shenanigans and all this great shit. And, and Ben is out there just, you know, deactivating shit and getting ready to get killed. And um, they run into they run into the hangar, and there's a bunch of stormtroopers there again. He goes, "Did we just leave this party?" I don't remember that line ever, and I love it. Did we just leave this party? It's a very cute little Han Solo line. Makes me happy. So there's I have a new favorite shot in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It's one that we've we've. It's not a new one. You'll you'll know the shot. Okay, but it it's a it's amazing for some reason. So Darth Vader. Obviously trained. He's a Jedi. He's, he's done amazing shit over the years. He's you know he's gotten burned. All sorts of weird shit. When Ben does his big sacrifice, you know, for the sake of everybody, there is a cutaway shot of Vader kicking his clothes around. You never saw that before. No, I've seen it every time. I've seen oh, yeah. it always. I can't never not see it. But for some reason, it this time watching it, I felt like a giggling fool. Well, that's what's so. I think why there was so much mystery around that is that Darth Vader is like, doesn't understand. He, he slices through Obi-Wan 
I guess he expects to see a two, you know, him falling the two pieces, right? But he's gone, and so that that's Darth Vader being confused. I always thought, like when I was a kid, the light—that's what the lightsaber does when it hits you. It, you just poof, you just go away, yeah. you disappear. Like but that's the world, yeah, not, yeah, it's not the case. But the funny thing is, is what is he expecting to find? Uh, like a miniature Obi Wan? Like is oh, is he suddenly tiny? Is that what just happened? Can I be so lucky? <laughs> What's up? What's up with R two constantly having sex with sex with the Death Star in this? Well, okay. So once again, w- here's why this film's great. R 2s powers are limited to putting out little electrical fires, right, and plugging into the Death Star. Uh-huh. He doesn't fly. He doesn't flamethrow. He doesn't do any ninja shit like he does. They plug into him at one point too. He's got a USB port. They do that at the, <laughs> in the during the Rebel Alliance meeting at the end. But here's the part that blows my fucking mind. Uh-huh. He gets shot in the head by a spaceship later in the film and is fine. <laughs> well, he looks right. He does look wrecked, but he gets shot in the head. He gets a headshot from a spaceship mm-hmm. and is not out of the, out the of screen. The I love that he has a little scream. Like our yeah. uh, two screams. I love that early on when they're on Tatooine, he basically asks in his language, does Luke like me? That's what he, if you, the way three PO responds to him, he asks three PO flat out. Does Luke like me? <laughs> is amazing because Luke does like him. He likes to dick out of him. him. Loves yeah. him later, yeah. There's a weird shot after this. He's secure, Nick. He's a secure droid. I think that's all the droids in these movies. I are think you're right, yeah. Except for Lobot. But Solo, there's a scene where Leia and Solo are having like a little conversation later on and mm-hmm. space is going sideways in the portal. Like they're drifting sideways through space. Yeah, it Fucked me up. That, that made you, made you, uh, that make you a little space sick, seasick. Yeah. Um, there's also uh, there's another unnecessary shot in this movie. I don't know if you remember this. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the eve of the Death Star battle, they're on Yavin, you know, and they have the, they're about to have that summit. There's yeah. a weird shot of like one of the guys out there, and he's just there's just like a shot of the misty morning jungle from up above. Nothing happens. No reason for it. And that's not world building. That's just extraneous well they they show those guys on that planet and those little towers with the yeah. binoculars how with do the, they get in those towers they're like they're it, all those it's like there's like they're on these little like poles no yeah. ladder going up to them no they're born there and then they send clothing up as they grow fair enough yeah thanks i, I that's one zoom i needed because i i was confused yeah <laughs> i don't know how they're born there um Okay, and here's here's where here's another huge mistake. They must have run out of money because there's that whole sequence where they're rallying the troops for the Death Star attack. One hundred percent white human characters. <laughs> so we've established through every other film in this series, the rebellion is made up of tons of species, crazy assholes of all different shapes and sizes. Even in the films that predate this one, mm-hmm. and there is not a colored or alien person to be found in that damn Yavin hangar. Well, that's the thing, you know, the, obviously star Wars is very good at paving over to obviously embellish upon uh, stuff that, you know, they introduced and then to pave over mistakes later on to kind of fix mistakes. So they didn't, um, well, you know, Lucas tried to fix mistakes in this. That's not, my, that's not what I mean. Story wise. Yeah. Um, well, you know, we were kind of going over a lot, you know, I guess you, like you said, a lot of people obviously um, know this movie very well wow oz just made a comment oh hey um i'm trying to look at my notes see if anything jumps out at the end here um obi-wan sneaking around the ship is again is sneaking around 
behind Darth Vader and hiding kind of yeah. in little like corridors or doorways is very cute. It is cute. And looks very, um, he's unsuccessful, I'd say. Like Darth Vader like is basically like, all right, you know, I know this idiot's behind me. Yeah. Uh, and their battle, like we said before, is their, their, their duel is awful. Yeah. But, you know, Guinness is like when he goes, when he decides to, I'm going to let Darth Vader kill me for unknown reasons. Um, it's very effective. And Luke doesn't like it. I, I That's why I picked up on it this way through. He's upset about it. Yeah, and he, he, he has the absolute best marksmanship in the series during that moment. Yeah. Because people get destroyed. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple of notes I have is when I thought that Hamill, when he comes out, when the Diagnoga, like, had dunked him in the water twice, and he comes out um, with wet hair. He looks like Steven Seagal. He had, like, a little Steven Seagal hair. I wrote that down. It looking good. Um, yeah, I bet they. I bet they. I bet Hamill loved floating in that trash. It just looks like fun. Are you talking about his career or <laughs> a couple other quick things? I loved is I love that when they they're in the trash compactor about to get smashed, and um, they finally get a hold of three PO and R two stops the compactor, and they're all cheering. Yeah, and the three PO thinks they're getting killed. I love it. Yeah, that's always. <laughs> been he, a says, he says. He says. He says, curse my metal body. <laughs> it's he says, curse this metal body. Is that what he says? Yeah. And then I love it. Luke's like, you did great. It's such a funny little pep talk. <laughs> and then I like that. Uh, I like that scene when they're in disguise, obviously. And um, before this, and Han Solo is on the, you know, talking and trying to, you know, distract them and, you know, like communicating with, you know, the, what's happening down there? What's happening down there? And he's trying to improvise. Oh, we're okay. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, how are you? And he winces like, it's just, and I think that was like supposed to be an improv. By anyway, that that whole stuff is great. But you know, that's the thing is, I was watching this, and I know we talked about Last Jedi already, but Last Jedi very carefully, I think, uh, calls back to this movie in a lot of ways, um, very lovingly. And I, that's one thing I don't get is that how much people hated that movie, but it really does like pay tribute to this. In very specific ways. I think you need to just accept that people don't hate it because the movie. I know, I know, I know, I know. But even some of the the, the look, some of the looks Last Jedi plays with, it just comes directly from this movie. And I, I was surprised. Um, even like DJ, the, the character DJ in Last Jedi, is like, it's like, what if Han Solo didn't have a soul? You know, that's kind of what, it's just, it plays with the, this movie in so many great ways. Um, what do you think of the guy that stay on target guy? Uh, what's the can you? Uh, oh, did you finish unwrapping your lips from Ryan Johnson's dick? Okay, cool, cool. Stay on target, guy. We used to call him. No, the funny thing is, is there's there's a those trio of Y wing guys are cocky pieces of shit. They're so smarmy. Mm-hmm. Switching to targeting computer, you know, and because and, and that and the guys are making stupid faces. So they're obviously, I guess, they're creating. There's like a dichotomy between the. Mm-hmm. X-Wing and Y-Wing guys. The Y-Wing guys are too cool for school. Right. And they're ugly and they die easily. And they say, they, but I love the way the guy says stay. He has, he has like, there are no emotions. Stay on target. Yeah. Stay on target. Yeah, I guess Lucas was not great at directing, by the way. And remember, he they said that he had two things he'd say to him. He'd say, speed it up. Faster or more, more energy or something. Yeah, faster, more intense, I think. Yeah. Um, the, the great thing is, this may be the first film. The more energy didn't get to the stay on target guy is what I'm saying. Yeah. Or you two, what? No, okay. So this film may be the first one to feature that trope uh, where a character 
who is obviously doomed, says something to the effect of, we'll talk about it afterwards. And is of course doomed. Like, so right. Biggs is like, Oh, we'll cat. We'll talk about it after the, you know, after. And of course, you know, is big, it, is Biggs get killed in this? Biggs gets destroyed. He is the, he's the oh. reddest shirt. He gets killed. He, okay. So it's funny. Cause during the battle of Gavin, yeah. he's in there, he's fighting in there, having little chatters and all that. And he sort of disappears from the battle for a little while. Mm-hmm. And then Luke's down in the trench with just Wedge and Biggs at the very end after the other guys have been wiped out. And they're, I think they're protecting they're, the, you know, So the guy fires the proton, doesn't go in. And it's just Biggs and Wedge and, and Luke. And right, Biggs Wedge, I think Wedge. Wedge is set up to be the leader of that attack. And then his, he gets damaged and he has to leave. And then it's just Luke and Biggs in the trench. And Han Solo can't come rescue them until Biggs gets slaughtered. It's like <laughs> one of the rules in the Star Wars movies. Like everybody has to get fucked. I didn't, I didn't realize that was Biggs. That's so funny. And I don't remember, you know, that character obviously had a lot of stuff to do at the beginning and they got cut out. I'm surprised they just didn't cut out his name entirely, you know, but you know, what's funny is the comic book. He was really prominent. Was he? There was stuff that was in the comic books bef- that wasn't even in the original cut of the movie. Like those, those deleted yeah. scenes, mm-hmm. there's plenty more of Biggs. Like Biggs is a, a Biggs deal. You know what's funny is that that was Porkins. The guy, that was Porkins' character's original name. So you know, like all this stuff happens. We know that she, when Luke shoots a shot and he has that like orgasmic look on his face, unfortunately, and then like <laughs> uh, you know when they any you know it blows up. They that's you know the blow up effect is obviously enhanced for the special editions. But when they bring out when they land and they bring out R two and he's all jacked up, you know, and he all because he said he took a headshot, he looks all fucked up. C three PO tries to organ donate. Yeah, I never remembered that. Yeah, well, I mean, he's been trying to donate his organ to R two the whole. <laughs> the funny thing is, is when when they uh, when they kill fatty lard fat fuck fat. Um, <laughs> I was expecting somebody to comment that it smells like cooking bacon. Like somebody, oh, that's like good smell in the air, and, and it's it's like sizzled sizzled fat on the Death Star. I, I thought it was whenever I thought it was inappropriate when the ghost of Obi-Wan comes back and says, you know, it, to Luke when he's talking to him and he, you know, when he's like giving him the pep talks over, you know, through the, and he says, when Porkins dies, he goes, I heard a sound of a million people in you know, whatever that line is. He kind of calls back or one fat guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, when when Porkins came back as a force ghost, he was solid. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, they have the reward ceremony at the end, um, and everybody gets mad because Chewie doesn't get a medal. But I'm sitting there thinking, what about R2? They can't put a medal around R2 or C-3PO? Yeah. Leia? Who cares? Wedge? <laughs> Wedge. Um, you know what? That, what, I, what it was nice is that they do throw. Uh, they Leia did toss a medal on Parkinson's large bones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was one of those chocolate medallions. <laughs> the, 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 the final, the final unkindness, kindest cut. Yeah, yeah. So it's funny because they were. Um, the, the, there's a scene where they're standing over this abyss and uh, and the, oh, there's Porkins' grave. 
<laughs> but you know what's funny? They have these garbled voices on their comms when they're on the battle. It's like, it's like all distorted. They've mastered light speed, but they don't have the ability to create even a, a working earphone. No. Well, they do have those mics that, you know, when they're talking to each other, Luke has that white mic that he's like talking to 3PO through. It's like, he looks like he's podcasting. Yeah. Um, and you know what? Whales travel in pods. It's another Porkins joke. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you're going to make a pod racing joke. You went the other way. Um, and then the movie you know, thankfully ends. Thankfully? Yeah. It never has really ended for us, Nick. It's continued forever. I don't want to spoil it, but this is in your top two or three, right? This movie? Yeah. Of all time? Star Wars wise. Oh, yeah, for sure. You? Because it's on a, it's 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 constantly on a seesaw to me with Empire. Yeah, you think it might be your favorite? It might be. I don't. It's just everything came together. Obviously, you know. Apparently, uh, it got it got a little saved in editing, fa- famously. Um, maybe Lucas's instincts were not so hot as he later fucked with it. But um, whoever did the editing job certainly. You know, it was funny. It was funny because Rocco asked me when we were watching it uh, who that was. And I said, that's Han Solo. And he goes, is that the same actor who, who I was like, yes, yeah, the same guy. And, and there was something I really loved about this series is obviously they'll re- they'll cast like Alden Ehrenreich to play Solo, but they'll never replace these. They'll never remake these movies. And I love that about it because you could keep making Star Wars films forever, but you never have to remake them, even though they <laughs> made some bad ones. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the fact that there's one there's one timeline like there's one Star Wars yeah I see you yeah. and and you don't have to worry about them like a start like in a Marvel movie where they're gonna do different like basically creative runs on the stories like they mm-hmm. did with the Spider Mans and all that Star right. Wars is always gonna be this this is always gonna be part of that mythology no matter what shape it takes moving forward and even though it's not airtight in terms of the storyline I love the fact that. We don't have to worry about this going away. They may redo shit and tweak shit, but I love that about it. It's like well, a lot of people. Mark Hamill will always be young Luke. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They, they, a lot of people think Force Awakens is a remake of this movie. Well, they're stupid. It's it's more of a tribute, I'd say. It does take you know, it does take its cues, but it, it's a it's a film that had to correct the course, and it, and so it went to some familiar places. But it's its own movie, mm-hmm. and it's wonderful. Um, so hey, let's do the work. You got to get a tattoo from Star Wars. A new hope on your person. Mm-hmm. Lots of options. Where is it going? I'm gonna get. Of course, I'm gonna get a tattoo of Tatooine, and so then it's just gonna be this planet on me. You know, I guess it looks sort of Earth. I don't know. It's like you know. I, I guess it's kind of what uh, beige. And I just put that on me, and then people are like, "What's what's the significance of that?" And I'd be like, "It's it's my it's it's my Tatooine tattoo." So that will be forever hilarious yeah. to be able to deliver that to questioning folks. And that's great. I think it's a really, I mean, it'll never get old. Right. Mm-hmm. And where would I put it? Oh. Such, hmm. Porkins has one. It's actual size. <laughs> I could put it on my, uh, I'll put it on my hip. Nice. So then it kind of looks also like maybe something's wrong. I have like a an ailment. Yeah. There's a beige circle on me. Um, go ahead. What, what, what about you? That's funny. Just as an aside, when I was working at uh, Babbage's Software, the guy that was the manager of the of the location was the self proclaimed biggest Star Wars fan in the galaxy, and he called it Tatooine. 
<laughs> yep. Uh, so I am going to get. I would, you know, there's so many creatures I love in this. It's got to be a creature. I love, I love the creatures so much. I mean, it's not, a, there's not a, there's not a wrong answer to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what I'm going to have is, um, I'm going to have my cheekbones gaunted up like Grandma Tarkin. So I'm going to get fake Cushing lines on my cheeks. Love it. Which uh, cheeks? Be more specific. The head cheeks. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to get gaunted up. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'm going to shave my hair to look like Cushing. You know, that little widow's peak and uh, mm-hmm. that kind of near grave look that he's got. I'm going to get mm-hmm. gaunted up. I like and, it. Yeah. You're going there. You're actually changing your, you know, you, in a way, when you get tattoos, you change your physical appearance. But this is like a step further to me. It's almost like right under plastic surgery. It's like a transmogrification, mm-hmm. to, you know, to cushing out, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you watch Rogue, Rogue One and you see their version of uh, Grandma and it's a little wonky. So need be, I could step in and cushing for them, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah. And I like the idea of me descending on a mate, you know, with that gaunt face. Um, you know, reaching for the buckle as that fucking face enters the picture. Okay. Um, Unless you made it horrific. Yeah. (laughs) So you have been tasked with creating a Star Wars related enterprise. Where, what lawyer are you going to hire to defend you? (laughs) I mean, there's so much opportunity here. They obviously haven't, they haven't marketed the ever living fuck out of these movies. A business idea. I think what I might do is something a little on the nose. You know, show up at places um, with a really like a beautiful Star Wars thing. It's all decked out. It's really cool. And um, get families to come. And then I would incinerate the uncles and aunts. That's your that's your business idea. Yeah, and I would arrange the remains in those positions, those iconic positions. And we do a little right. photo shoot. I'd have a portable Lars homestead made out of fiberglass that I would position them near, and then I would right. cut out of town in the dark of night. <laughs> Sounds like a bad business plan. <laughs> well, you know, they said that about Apple. <laughs> um I would invent. I would do a. Do you know how they have body pillows? Like, do you ever see people? I, I have one. Well, so tell me about your body pillow. Like, what? What's the significance? It's so you how can sleep on. So you can uh, human length. So you can sleep on your side comfortably and not get all fucked up. Is it as tall as you, or is it just a little shorter? Like, it's what's shorter, going on? but it could be. It's. I'm not the tallest. So you wrap your legs around it. Like, how do yeah. you sleep on it? Oh yeah, you get you get in there. You like you got to mm-hmm. get all positioned so that you sleep. Yeah. You're like uh, like you're uh, Yoko to the body pillows, John Lennon. Is that how it looks? Uh, I'm I'm actually John in this. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> the pillow is. Bo- yeah the the I car I I am over the pillow. The pillow is not over me. The pillow doesn't wrap itself around me. I am John Lennon. The pillow is Yoko. Oh, only. I got it wrong. You're right. Yeah. John Lennon's the one that's it's weird spoon in a Yoko. Okay, yeah. I got it. Mixed I mean, up uh, you're thinking mind. you're thinking of the Kevin Spacey pillow. So, uh, I would get a body pillow with the actual size, the likeness of Peter Cushing. The Cushing, (laughs) (laughs) the Cushing cushion, and uh, I would strap onto that thing at night because I I can't imagine you know drifting off to sleep. Now that I think of it, in any other way, 
than just can I, can I offer wrapping some, my limbs around that. Can I offer some business advice? Yeah. Can you call the Peter Cushion? <laughs> I could. I, I mean, I'll take advice. I'm still drawing up plans, but um, and you know, it's he'll have that look of absolute boredom. You know, like that's yeah. that's his one gear in this. Is his, yeah. is he's, he's over it. He's got the, he's over everything in this movie. He's like, oh shit. Anybody talks to him, he's like, oh god. And maybe I would have him. You know, like you could press different areas of the pillow and give his lines out. Well, that's this. what I was thinking. Like you're dry humping yeah. that thing mm-hmm. and you stop. He goes, what in our moment of triumph? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or like you're, you're about to release onto it. And he goes, would you prefer another target, a military <laughs> target? And then he's got like a little picture of a tank on his ass that you could fire onto. Cute. <laughs> so it reacts to you. Yeah. Or just, was it, would it just assume that it's constantly being having, had uh, sex with <laughs> yeah. just assumes it. Yeah. No, but I think that would work. Yeah. And I, you know, and that's the one thing that they haven't, that's the absolute one thing, maybe the two things we've come up with are the two ideas they didn't have. Well, and then there's the jingle in the commercial. Do some penis pushing on the Peter cushion. Do some penis pushing on the Peter cushion. <laughs> you thinking we're going to market it. We actually would market it for sex. I, I was thinking we would keep it pretty tasteful and market just for comfort. But you actually just want to go down the. I mean, you could go both ways, like mm-hmm. night terrors pushing against the Peter cushion. Yeah, yeah, smushing the cushion in the boots. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, why not spend the night with the most comforting character in the whole series? <laughs> yeah, I like it. Um, you've been inserted into the world of a new hope. What shape does your performance take? And a lot of people want to be Jedi's, right? That's they want to be. I don't know. I mentioned earlier that. People are slandering the Millennium Falcon, and I, I, I'm not, I'm gonna, I'd be a char- I'd be like a Millennium Falcon. I'd be like one of the guys that loves classic, like a, a character that loves the classic vehicles of Star. Wars, you know, like a likes the standards, likes the Millennium Falcon. And when I overhear someone talking bad about, it, I that my character sticks up for it. It's like you guys don't know. You guys are looks aren't everything. You know, the engine is incredible in that thing I, I would just really like stick up for it. that's my character and anytime anybody says it which is a lot in this movie leia even says at the end she says you're braver than i thought riding in that thing i'd crop up i'd pop up and say he's not braver than you thought it's actually he's he's fine he's good that there's no bravery required to fly that beautiful machine in fact you're now ripping not the looks but you're actually ripping uh the quality of this vehicle right and i cannot stand for that either princess leia and so i'd be that character i'm like this amazing and then i'd force implode <laughs> at I'm, the end. I'm an amazing pilot i'm like uh-huh. this, like the basically uh, the best like uh, the better than the best smuggler even like i i've got a tiny ship that i darted in and out i am fucking amazing right and so i am following the millennium falcon in hot pursuit and i am dodging shit I see all these TIE fighters. I have to, you know, like through the whole Death Star trench. I'm actually back there dodging shit, dodging following it all the way up. And so I follow it to Yavin, the secret base. Like I have, I have done more amazing flying than Han and Luke combined. And I fucking pull into Yavin and I sneak aboard the Millennium Falcon, pull out my device, and then I update the firmware on the chess game because I'm in the tech support business. And I update them to the latest version of the chess game. <laughs> you're an incredible pilot, but you just you're just doing your moves 
going from ship to ship updating. Well, yeah. And, and yeah. yeah, so I, you know, I, I don't, I don't let a job go unfinished. So I show up in the, in the ruins of Alderaan. I could have easily called it a day and say, you know what, boss, there's some big shit afoot. Let me move on to my next appointment. He's like, well, it's going to throw your schedule out of whack. So then I spend weeks following the Millennium Falcon through every battle, finally update that firmware. And it watch pays people. off because when you watch the, the the sequel series, that shit's it's that shit works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was there was a glitch, you know, where one of the dinosaurs had a hanging dick, and uh, the firmware completely erased it. Which is pretty good. Nice. Yeah, I appreciate your effort. I, yeah, so you won't join the battle, you won't join the fight, but you already have a gig, right? And you would you have a Star Warsy name? Yeah, Porkins. <laughs> I'm the His other, brother. I'm the other Porkins, right? Yeah. 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 No first name? Well, his name is Jed Porkins. The, 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 yeah. Yeah. And my name is is uh, Hungus Among Us. Does your character have a name? No, but I do get a crack in on Porkins before he before he dies. I say, my, my character says, may the fork be with you. Oh, it was already this whole time? <laughs> his name is Harp Zilmore. <laughs> okay. <I don't> <laughs> So if you're going to do a sequel to A New Hope, mm-hmm. let's call it. Let's it takes place. Let's say it takes place between New Hope and Empire. Right. What what epic have you created? Oh man, I don't know, man. I'd go on a. I guess I go on a Han Solo adventure. I'm answering it seriously. Go, I go on a solo adventure. Hey, not Han, not Han Solo. Oh, uh, Hank Zilmore. <laughs> so, I. In the uh, ruins of Alderaan, clinging to Hank, her. What did I call him? Anyway, what, was I, what was his name? I, I don't remember. I, I don't think his name was Hank. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, I'm in a spacesuit clinging to a rock in mid space. I survived the Alderaan explosion. <laughs> this guy, not my guy, but this guy. It's about this guy. Yeah. Uh, like a castaway kind mm-hmm. of movie. It's a very isolated bottle episode, basically. And he is clinging to a rock in a spacesuit in the ruins of Alderaan. And he's just floating out there. There's like, you know, he'll see like a yeah, a monument, like a piece of a monument. Mm-hmm. Then it'll be like a, like a little tray of food that somehow survived the explosion, like all sorts of weird shit. And, sure. he, and he's hopping from debris to debris out there in deep space. Uh, it's like, you know, learning how to do shit uh, as, a, as a castaway. Mm-hmm. Really cool. It's, it's very much a, a direct uh, remake of Castaway. <laughs> and, that and, sounds good. Yeah. So yeah. has, instead of Wilson, though, he has the head of, of a governor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Name Wilson. No. His name is Stark Blelocked. You know, it's Star Wars, right? Um, you're, not a, you're on an island. Mm-hmm. You have amassed distorted debris over the years. Uh, and now something from Star Wars A New Hope has to make its way into your personal collection. I get. I mean, the one thing that kind of sticks out to me is that Luke's grappling hook, which never appears again. You know, he uses a grappling hook. He has a utility belt in this. They never make any use of that later, do they? Is he ever busting out like... But you know his hand has some serious injuries on it from that thin-ass shit that he has to swing from. <laughs> but uh, he you know, busts the grappling hook out, and, you know, he... Uh, um, you know, he... Him and Leia, you know, overcome the chasm, or, you know, swing over the chasm, and... and I just know ne- he never busted out again. And I, I, I guess I'll take the grappling. Like, I feel like I would take it not to use, but to give it pep talks. And I'm like, you know, on the island, say, I'm sorry they never used you in the series again, poor guy. You know, like, you, I would, that would be my Wilson. 
the grappling hook, I go, you can rest now. You did a great job. Just sit here and I'll appreciate you. But yeah, I, that's what I'd take, I guess. What about you? I got that souped up hot rod that was unused in the garage. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that is my main form of transportation on the island. Mm-hmm. I loosen my shirt. You know, I, I, I kick back. I, you know, I put on some aviator glasses and I just, I put my arm around the, where a passenger would be like sexy guys do. Mm-hmm. And I would just swing out. I'd swing across that island like a swollen fucking badass, you know, just riding around cockshore and cockshore, you know, just having, having the time of my damn life. And every once in a while, I'll bring a passenger for my collection, you know, ride around, take, you know, Georgie for a spin, you know, get, blow his hair back a little bit. What's left of it. You know, uh, you know, it'll be great. Just like a fucking cruisy island, like 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 I don't have a care in the world. Like a the world's still not shit. Do you mind if I send you a present? What's that? Step outside your your house, mm-hmm. your hut. Open the door. You know, open the door. Look on the port. There's a package there. Yeah, it's long, long, it's big. Okay, doesn't weigh that much though. It's big, but it doesn't weigh that much. You rip it open. It's a Peter Cushing cushion, <laughs> and uh, or you could say it the other way, and uh, that could be your passenger. Wow. That you can ride around with. So, and you, you receive a gift as well. Mm-hmm. You Thank re- you. On the, in the span of two days, you receive two two gifts. Yeah. First day, you come back, you know, from your, your, your trials or whatever you do during the day. And uh, coupled in a, in, a, in, a, in a erotic position are the bodies of Owen and Baru. Their, skele- their charred skeletons are, are in a, mm-hmm. like in a, a Kama Sutra position waiting mm-hmm. for you just like the movie yeah <laughs> looking good looking stout how did you not take them to your island by the way did you think of it too late no no i just uh, it's too uh, you know I, I wanted something i could cruise around in you know plus you know let but, me ask the question again then <laughs> uh, but then the next day you wake up to an awful sound you know the like an earthquake mm-hmm. and you thought you think it might be the end and then you go and you go outside and you crest the mountaintop and you see the Porkins has been dropped. Money drift on home 